Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. In the culture war, there are no winners, just podcasters. Only a few are willing to risk their lives in the face of some of the dumbest ideas to have ever captured human civilization. Every week, we, Megan Daum and Sarah Hader, humbly accept this mission in order to bring you conversations that are equal parts stunning, brave, and unhinged. Welcome to A Special Place in Hell. Morning, Sarah. You're looking very... um, you don't look very I'm look, spotted. I'm, look, I'm looking normal. Yeah, that's um, that's makeup doing it, doing its magic. Yeah, I'm spotted now. I developed a rash. I don't know how attractive this is going to sound to people. It's, it's just it's listening. good for our it's, for our audio. It's good listeners. for ratings. Okay, mm-hmm. um, encourage people to listen on audio. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I I was taking an antibiotic, and I haven't been. I'm not allergic to anti any antibiotics. I thought, um, but then it turns out you can develop one as you're taking the antibiotic. There's like a delayed reaction that can happen. And that's what happened to me. And I had this like full body, like spotted rash. Um, hmm. It was pretty grotesque, pretty scary for a couple think- of days. It's faded a lot now and now I can cover it up and be on camera. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. I didn't even know you could. I didn't know that could happen. Like as you're taking it, your body decides, I guess, to sensitize itself and have a like an autoimmune reaction, I guess, against the antibiotic. Yeah. But Strange at least the um, yeah the the middle ear infection cleared up, so that's good. <laughs> you shouldn't be taking any any antibiotics. No vaccines. No drugs. Nothing. I don't even. I mean, I just. I don't know what to do. Because it's just been a chain reaction. I got sick, and then I got a middle ear infection from the sick, from whatever it was, COVID, I don't know what it was. And then I started taking antibiotics for that, and then I developed a reaction to the antibiotics, and now I'm just trying to heal. Okay. Here well, we so. I was happy to, to postpone by a day because I had a, a day of uh, municipal. I was in a, a hellscape of municipalities just trying to get some documents uh Mm. Sign, whatever it d- d- doesn't matter but suffice it to say there was a moment where i was told that a document that i had had notarized a few months ago had a tiny tiny piece of the ink was missing from the notary stamp and so therefore the notary person's name was not entirely legible and so i was going to have to be sent back to redo the whole thing because they couldn't tell if it was an l or a u in this person's name Oh and then, God. and when I said, I am not doing that, because I literally, I had to go like 25 miles between each like courthouse thing, office of whatever. And they said, oh, okay, well, if you refuse, we have a, a, a form for this, an illegible notary form, and that you have to sign this under oath that you now take responsible for the possibility that this notary's name might be recorded with the wrong spelling. So or, Did you or, do or, it? Or face possible jail time, practically. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> so I, I really put my life on the line. Wow. Uh, yeah. Risking it. Yeah. I know. Wow. So we can, all, we can always go be, um, be civil servants, work behind okay. the counter of, uh, uh, you know, notarize, you know, recording city, uh, legal document recording offices. There's always it's hope for us. Unbelievable. But I mean, it's, of course, yeah. it's believable. This is how they, this is this is the job. The woman was actually cheerful about it. That was the thing. Yeah. She seems happier her in her job than we are <laughs> in ours. Maybe we should. Maybe we should be. I, I've, I've often thought that a little bit of power would be good for me. That's the problem now. I don't have any power. <laughs> you don't. You have power over me. And I, wa- I want re- I want like absurd power. Like in, the, in the, not like a lot, but like over stupid little things. But it actually has a real impact on people's lives. Like the notary thing, you know, like I, I judge yeah. that this is this ink is insufficient. And now, mm-hmm. you know, your day is ruined or you're going to jail. Oh, um, my, I would have had months ruined. I would to get oh, the another yeah, copy yeah. of this. Do- <laughs> I would have had to start totally over. With this document. Anyway, whatever. Um, Okay. Well, we have a number of things to talk about. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson first and foremost. And then we have some other issues we're going to discuss. 
including something called narcofeminism. Narcofeminism and homonationalism. That's a new word I learned today. Oh. Yeah. Homonationalism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's going to well, be a, a, I'm in suspense. A, an educational experience. It's, it's, it's exactly as exciting as you think it's, it's going it to be. It sounds really exciting. It's, it's really going to help it's you at the understand intersection, the world. It's at the intersection of gay rights and white nationalism? Nationalism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, or any kind of. Na- okay. Yeah. All right. Let's just, I, like, let's... I actually think that there's that sounds promising. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, OK. So Neil deGrasse Tyson ha- has been in the news. Uh, he has a TikTok channel, as one does if one is an astrophysicist. Um, wh- where, where, where to start? Uh, he, Neil deGrasse Tyson is a is a celebrity scientist. He uh, he for a long time. I mean, I think he is. We're supposed to take him seriously as a as a as an astrophysicist. He's been weighing in uh, recently on gender issues again, as one does, and uh, it's pretty stunning. Stunning, if not brave. Mm-hmm. What do you make mm-hmm. of this? Yeah, I I wish he would just not talk about this. He's just he doesn't make a lot of sense when he does talk about it, and it it's a little bit embarrassing to me because it's on some level I feel like Neil deGrasse Tyson is not too far away from my you know my my tribe of origin. You know, the new atheists. He's kind of in like the peripheral like rationalist sciencey person yeah you know anti-dogma space and i mean he's always been kind of pompous in the way he comes across i mean for some people it it doesn't bother them at all he just seems very sincere like a sincere nerd who cares a lot about Mm -hmm. certain things and then other people he comes across as very pompous i am kind of in between i've you know never felt too strongly about him one way or the other i guess it's because I don't feel like he, at least the things that he talks about um, in public, they're not like really provocative or inter- like a new insight that we really need. Kind of feels like washed out um, Carl Sagan. And mm. I guess I'll, I guess I'll take Sagan um, if I needed that in my life. But I've never, I've never felt particularly negative towards him either. I think sometimes he gets dragged on Twitter and online for, for, you know, kind of silly little tweets that he has about that I think he thinks are are going to be like ver- like moving people, um, but then come across kind of silly. Um, I've always I felt that that was unfair at times, um, but lately he's been talking a lot about gender. Every you know couple of months or so, something comes out, some interview comes out where somebody brings up gender, and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson shares his his views, which I just think are so embarrassing and thoughtless and uh you know misleading truly um that i feel like somebody needs to have a word with him like somebody in the 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 scientist community yeah somebody other than chloe cole the uh the detransitioner who's been speaking out against him poor chloe cole does not need to do all the heavy lifting no no she she had a video refutations she had a video that was going around on Twitter a couple of days ago um, from the recording of this episode. So I guess 10 days ago. Um, and it, uh, it, it she was just going, you know, going through the video that he had and, and you know, uh, refu- refuting his his comments, which were just really silly. And it was just kind of an absurd thing. I don't know why I'm watching it. I think. I think you're right. This, this kid, <laughs> you know, here's question. this kid speaking common sense to a grown man who really shouldn't be doing what he's doing. Um, so that was that was interesting. And we wanted to talk about that. And then I started looking at more Neil deGrasse Tyson videos of gender and his, his like comments on gender. And boy, was that. A ridiculous rap. Yeah, so you you pulled up um, an interview that he did with Ben Shapiro two years ago, um, and there are there it's it's actually a very good kind of it gives a lot of background and context for where Neil deGrasse Tyson is coming from on this. So to be clear, these are not his TikTok videos. This is from a Ben Shapiro conversation. Uh, why don't we play a couple of clips from this and discuss them? How does that sound? Yeah, let's let's do it. People express themselves on a spectrum. So you 
learn that. That's I, I, I don't, that's it, that, that that's that's a social that's yeah, a social sure. point, it, not a scientific point. It's it's who, meaning we, we express ourselves wait, wait, hold on, hold on. in based in different languages. Is that something you teach in science class, or is that something that you teach when you're teaching language? Um. So whether the fact that people want to express themselves on a spectrum, on a gender spectrum, whether that fact is something you want to put in a sociology class or in a science class, maybe that remains to be determined. But it is a real fact about real society. Well, of course, nobody's denying that people identify how they want to identify. So, so... So the question I, is, what I, is the relationship of that to biology? Meaning that I, what, the argument is made that trans women are women, for example. And what that seems to mean is that trans women are identical to women. Now, if people want to say trans women are not biological women, obviously that is the case. But people don't seem to want to say that, although that is obviously scientifically true. Trans women are not biological women. Biological women are biological women. But where are you going with this? What, 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 is your, what, is your, what are you trying to accomplish by asking yourself, is it science or is it not science? Where are we going with this? Why do we have to talk about this at all? Why do you bring it up? Why do you bring it up every why week? You, why? why? Why do you care? Why do you care? Because why? I'm transphobic bigot. There's, that's why I care, Sarah. Because I want these people, I want, I want to erase their existence. I want to deny them their humanity. Megan, you know you're that's saying why I that. Care. And your enemies are going to, are you going to take that clip and, and spread it? Around everywhere. By enemies, well, that's a, I mean which, me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're my number one enemy. But why? Well, yeah. This is, which is exactly yes. We shouldn't be talking about this because what we're what will our enemies do with it? Well, I just it, it was a little infuriating watching that clip, and I uh, I, I recommend listening to the whole ten minute like segment that's on YouTube. Um, and we'll link to it in the show notes if people want to get like a fuller version of the conversation, but it doesn't improve. Uh, Neil's comments don't improve from there. It's just this sort of waffling around uh, the central question, which Ben Shapiro brings up and says, well, 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 what we're discussing is whether what you say you are, you know, whether gender has, you know, a meaningful, like it, it, it means anything in terms of biological sex and what's the relationship in order for society to decide the extent to which gender should override sex, it seems very clear to me why we want to know. It seems very clear to me why we're asking these questions. And it's hard to even begin the conversation when somebody, you know, uh, can't answer that very obvious question in their heads already. You know what it's I mean? It's such it just... a weird thing to hear from a scientist. Right. Why do you why why do you care? What why yeah, why do you want to know? What, why, yeah, you know? Except for except for the areas in which I think that yes. we might for find me, out but not something. For thee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I it's um I it is such an indication of some kind of capture. Mm -hmm. Neil deGrasse Tyson doesn't seem to be interested in science. He's interested in being a public figure. He's interested anytime in being a celebrity. Anyone says that. Anytime anyone says that, that's a it's a really good like phrase to pay attention to. Why do you want to know or why do you care? Yeah. Because the truth it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter what my intentions are in order for the truth to be the truth. You know, in order for us to as a society to care about what the truth is. Um, it, it really doesn't matter where I'm coming from because the consequences can be very different from what I'm trying to achieve with knowing the truth. And yeah. in this case, it matters a lot that, you know, that, that this, this new conception of gender is overriding sex, that people are, um, you know, Asking for rights that, you know, quote unquote rights that we've never granted anyone in the past, that right. people are modifying their bodies. Young people are modifying their bodies. Young people are modifying, you know, their development, their natural development in a way that cannot be undone. So this seems like, yeah, th and these seem like good whys. These well, seem like great whys. And it's, this is what frustrates me so much with this conversation because 
there's there's the rights piece of this. We can talk about human rights. We can talk about how trans rights sort of falls under human rights. But really, the most of us, most of the time, are talking about this separate phenomenon, which has to do with entirely new cohorts of people coming up and confusing gender dysphoria or other kinds of psychological distress with actually having a trans identity or being a a transsexual. These are totally separate things. We're not really having a conversation about rights. I think everybody agrees that all humans are should be protected under the equal protection clause, which they are. Um, but I, apparently Neil deGrasse Tyson is not even aware of what's actually happening in schools, yeah. in gender, yeah. well, in medicine for young people. Let's let's. So there is play? a new. There's a new element of this. There's a new yeah. element of yeah. The rights. So and and frankly, yeah, it's not that new anymore. I'm getting a little tired of like, well, this was just five minutes ago that these kids started to say this. It's been you know six or seven years now. Yeah, it really has been. Yeah. Um, should we play another clip? Sure. Okay. I think the concern is. If you study some topic that's a hot-button topic and you bring scientific methods and tools to it, we don't trust, I'm, I'm interpreting here, I think we as a society don't trust that people in charge in a free country won't try to legislate something that will constrict people's freedoms in the face of that information. I think that's the fear. Well, isn't that... It's a fear. I mean, and isn't that... We don't trust our own ability to govern ourselves in the face of what could be some information relative to other well, other kinds of information. Isn't that a bit of a problem? Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not, it means it's not a free society. It's not a society of free inquiry, which I think you need, ultimately. But, um, yeah. My general take on all of this stuff, mm -hmm. from climate change to gender dysphoria to all these issues, is bring out the science and then let's hash it out. I think that the problem I'm seeing yeah, in a lot of sides is... What is your motivation? People can't be trusted with the truth. They can't <laughs> handle the truth. We should have free inquiry. Like, the best part is that he contradicts himself. It would be great if we had free inquiry. Unfortunately, sometimes what people find out with free inquiry alarms them so much that they take action. But imagine this applying to, like, any other scenario. You know, like, imagine that we found out that there was something that... Some drug, some health, you know, forget about gender, but some some health related drug that we were giving to kids. And it turns out that it's stunting them terribly. It turns out that it's, you know, it, it's giving them a lifelong health consequences. We would want to know. And yes, maybe the response by governments would be to no longer allow parents to give children those drugs. And I say that that's a good thing. You know, like that's that, of course. It cannot be the case that we decide ahead of time what we don't want to know in case what we find out puts us in a position where we feel like we have to legislate what's going on. Right. That's a, such an absurd, <laughs> backwards way of thinking. I can't even put my... I can't even truly put myself in these shoes because I think that the only way he can come to this conclusion is if he he believes in his heart that he already knows what's going on. You know, he already knows what's happening. He already knows the consequences of what's happening. And he is so sure of the fact that he already possesses this truth that he he can predict that to let it go on will not have any serious consequences for society and indeed for the people who are who are trapped in this logic to begin with. Yeah. Okay, let's listen to one more clip and then I think that dovetails nicely into into what you just said. So if you bring out all the science and the politicians hash it out, the history of that exercise is a recipe for disaster if it involves discoveries that put people's freedom as defined in our constitution at risk. But now you're arguing for limitations on, on areas of particular study. No, I'm arguing on we need a way to shield, we need a way to protect people's freedoms in the face of whatever gets discovered scientifically. So I, 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 I'll give you, I'll give I mean, you, I agree. I, thought, I think that's what the Constitution is for, is to, is to guard rights from... But the, we're always I mean, fighting the Constitution. People who want rights are always fighting others who are saying they don't get the rights from the Constitution. This is a daily challenge on the progressive left. 
the fact that he says this is a daily challenge on the progressive left really tells you something. So mm-hmm. are we to interpret from that that Neil deGrasse Tyson represents the progressive left and assumes that anybody who is part of the cognoscenti uh, kind of NP- NPR caring about the science crowd is in the progressive left? Yeah, uh, th- there's a lot that there's a lot that's going on there. There are a lot of assumptions that need to be unpacked. I guess, but you sound like an academic. Let's oh unpack that. Let's un- unpack I, this. I, it, so the, this whole you can't trust the people thing. Uh, I mean, we saw that with the pandemic. It's not just this, yeah. and it's 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 complicated. Uh, yeah. We can't trust the people to understand, you know, that we're figuring this out as we go. But in the meantime, we need to get everybody vaccinated, no matter who they are, under what circumstances. And we need everybody staying in their house. And we need uh, – so because otherwise – because they're not going to understand the layers of complexity. I think that – this is what drives me the most crazy about any kind of like public discourse – especially when it comes to medicine or science, is that there's an utter infantilization of the people and and just an utter lack of faith in their ability to like walk and chew gum at the same time. And this is a perfect example. Yeah. And no, no wonder that, you know, people who read people who listen to this, so this is Ben Shapiro's audience, right? But no, it's no wonder that people who listen to scientists say things like this, think, you know, maybe I don't trust, you know, quote unquote, the science. And what they're saying there is not that they don't trust the scientific method. They're almost never saying that. They're saying they don't trust people who call themselves scientists, who say they speak for science, and they are the mouth of science, right? Instead of the mouth of God, the way prophets would have been, these are, they're the mouths of science. And, uh, and, and they have judged that this is information too, too sensitive for the people to, to be able to grapple with as well as um, Neil can and come up with. But the truth is like all, all that might happen is that we might grapple with it and come to different conclusions than Neil. That doesn't mean that we're wrong. That doesn't mean, you know, that, that this is a problem. That's what democracy is. Um, and it's incredible to me that he would even shield himself from knowing the truth, because it's not so much, it's not even that he, he thinks he knows the truth of what's going on with gender. He thinks he understands what's going on enough that he feels confident enough to, to, to be on this side and to be publicly talking about and, you know, not looking too deeply into this as a scientific issue. Um, but he doesn't know, right? And so there's a sense of like in, in personal infallibility and. Well- Yes. Alongside infantilizing everybody else. But how much of it also is professional self protection? So yeah. let's, okay. So this was two years ago. Um, but it's notable that he has not changed his tune since then. If anything, he's doubled down. Like, okay, let's think about this. What would be the consequences if somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson were to come out with more gender critical statements? Richard Dawkins is doing that. Yeah. And, uh, what are the repercussions for him right now? I mean, it's it's Richard Dawkins has been uh, be- has become a demon in the community that he uh, you know led for for a very long time, and by that I mean the atheist secular community. It's um, like he had an, an award taken away from him uh, that was given to him by the American Humanist Association. I forget which year, but it was um, it was it was given to him uh, quite qu- quite a ways back um, as like Humanist of the Year or something. And uh, they 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 rescinded the award because of some tweet that he made that had to do with gender and being critical of gender um and it was it was so alarming to see that happen as somebody who's been within this community for a long time who's who was a leader in an organization um within this community um that these these are the facts and sciences science people they really they re- they think of themselves 
as the voice of reason while everybody, you know, the other side, the, the, the Christian nationalist conservatives are Bible thumpers. They're unreasonable. They're dogmatic. They don't think things through. And we, we're the rationalist science guys. And to see them turn around like this, uh, it, it was just a huge black pill for me for a very long time. And I think it's inspired a lot of nihilism because, you know, you leave, you think you leave religion and you have landed upon a better shore, a more enlightened shore. And, and here are people who seem to care a lot about what is true in the world. They, they seem to care about, you know, rationalism and free inquiry. They make all the right noises and it seems that for a time that that is true, but then suddenly there's an issue in which their politics, you know, th th their sort of political sympathies don't align with free inquiry and rationalism and science. And suddenly things get distorted so, so quickly. I mean, it's a, such a shame. It's such a shame that more people are not like Richard Dawkins. I mean, I, I think he's, he's truly sh shown himself to be incredibly brave like it takes a lot of bravery to to turn to say something that you know your own people are going to be taking knives and, yeah. and stabbing you in the back yeah. because that's exactly what's happening all the the, the hashtag atheist the people in the you know atheism in their bio <laughs> those guys in this are, house are we telling, don't believe yes they should yeah. have an atheist yard sign those people are telling are saying that 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 Dawkins is uh, a monster right now. And it, it's incredible that he, that he's willing to just stand up for what he believes is true so openly. And it's pretty damning and pathetic that Neil deGrasse Tyson is, is wa walking around in circles. Like this. He, he's he, it, Tyson strikes me as just not having kept up. He doesn't seem insincere. He seems uh, misinformed. I mean, how long can you say misinformed? Though it's been years. I know it's been I, years. So I mean, the thing is, like P Neil deGrasse Tyson, and you know, the sort of scientific community that sort of sprang into the public, uh, into public view, maybe twenty years ago, even thirty years ago. I don't know how long Tyson has been around. Uh, at that time, the the party of anti science was the Republican Party. They were reacting to the conservative movement, which was very much like against sort of that was the anti-rationalist crowd right you know it was, they it was were, the they creationists were, was, yeah, was i the remember creationists. those battles i was yes. part of those battles yes. you know intelligent design versus evolution yeah so i mean i, I the entire like public the, the entire framing of tyson as a public figure has to do with um pushing back against conservative anti-science kind of uh mentalities and and bringing science to the masses he was never right. supposed to be like you know the most serious uh, you know it, he, he he was a communicator he was a celebrity he was somebody who could metabolize complex information he was an astrophysicist of all things and make it popular for the people he's sort of you know it's it's a version of bill nye the science guy okay mm -hmm. right yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't, it may just be that we put too much, uh, stock in these people. Do we expect too much? I mean, it, is it possible that Neil deGrasse Tyson was never an intellectual in, in any way, shape yeah. or form? I, I don't, don't think know. Any, yeah. I think you're right about that and you have a point, but there's also, there's also the fact that you don't need to be an intellectual to not say the things that he's saying. It's not, you know, this is, no. this actually <laughs> is in rocket science. You have to be observant you just, just have, a yeah, little right. bit. There's some, there's some basic logical flaws in, in his argumentation that even he could pick out, that anyone could pick out, that the average person could pick out, um, that he's refusing to do to, so for political reasons. But I think it's really interesting the way you phrase that, that he became popular because of his opposition to conservative anti-science uh you know like creationist type type movements it's interesting that it's come to light because of this issue how many people who were in that movement were against the anti-science part and how many people were against 
the conservatives. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like, what was the main motivator there? Was it the fact that they were anti-science or was it the fact that there were conservatives and they were and you don't like them because of any reasons? But now you yeah. have a good reason. Right. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think that 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 it, it's it's it, it, truly like embarrassing and disheartening to see so many people from these, you know, secular atheist humanist spaces um turn out to be just anti-right wing like they just hate the conservatives they just mm-hmm. hate they just hate the right and anything the right says yes to they're going to say no to which is you know it's 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 the spirit of being a reactionary truly it's it's it 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 shows that you really have no politics save for you know participating in it in a tribe and in, in, in a team sport that there are no principles or you have that also politics. align with it or right, you have yeah, only uh, politics you politics don't have divorced principles. from principles right yes. like I, the ideal politics are both uh, principles and a tribe come to coming together but in in this case i think what we are seeing is only a tribe um yeah. and it's uh it's often and it's, it, it it really shows the degree to which uh, if you want to be a celebrity and remain a celebrity, you still have to walk this walk. We do have people like Dawkins speaking out. We are slowly seeing, you know, some people in the more academic space, even if they've been cast out of academia, like Kathleen Stock. We, we are seeing authors kind of people in the more, th- it, you know, the, the thought leader space. They're kind of tiptoeing they're dipping their toes into in. the gender conversation. But if you want to maintain a foothold, in the in the pop culture, yeah, there's no way in hell you're going to do it. Right. Neil deGrasse Tyson is a pop culture figure, right? Right. More than a science figure, right? So I think this is a, a very clear example of that. I mean, I've always thought he was kind of full of shit. I never liked his whole <laughs> d- demeanor. It just seemed very bullshitty to me. Uh, but I've never look, watched him enough. I you know I watched the Cosmos series. I thought it was good, but Sagan did it better. Um, and I, I it was kind of like how you, I felt with the new Willy Wonka movie with, you know, Johnny Depp's version. And I love Johnny Depp, but um, uh, and Tim Burton, but I wish they hadn't yeah. done it because no the original was good Wilder and they didn't need ever. to. Yeah. They, well, yes. I don't know why you did that. I, it, yeah. I kind of felt the same way with, with Cosmos, although it was, it was p- part of it was, but was, was really good and it didn't need to be brought into the, the, the new century. But yeah. it's interesting that they chose Neil deGrasse Tyson um, to do it. I thought that he wasn't maybe the best choice. Well, look, I mean, it's, I'm just going to say it. And I don't think this is, I, I, I think that this actually, I'm not sure how much this says or doesn't say about his abilities, but I think people are excited to have like a black guy on there talking about astrophysics. It's, sure. it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's fantastic. And and if if I if he were a white guy, would he even be here talking about this stuff? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, well, so it's not that he's okay. He's an he's an intelligent person. He communicates well. Is he extremely exceptional? Is he a substitute for Carl Sagan? No, but that's. I mean, those are. Those are. But I don't. I mean, I, maybe in, people think Carl Sagan was bullshit too. I well, don't know. I, I mean, it was before I, my scientists time. didn't love Carl Sagan because they actually didn't. They didn't think that. <laughs> I mean, there was some pushback um, against Sagan at the time that he was sort of this doing this popularizing of science because scientists felt that it was good that they were you know, not having a conversation with the public. It was, it's it's it, it, maybe that's a topic for another episode. But I. What's what's incredible about Carl Sagan when you listen to him talk about you know the universe and and all that in this this you, you could hear him almost see, say the exact the substance could be exactly the same as what someone like Neil deGrasse De, deGrasse or deGrasse I keep saying I think it's deGrasse, it's DeGrasse yeah yes not DeGrasse not De, no relation to deGrasse High yeah that's why that's uh, where I'm getting it brilliant because I watched that series yeah. yes I, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. (laughs) But but Um, but but when you hear Carl Sagan speak about these things, you feel that he is humbled by what he notices mm. in the world. You know that that he is talking about these amazing things, and he's not saying I am humbled. You can just tell that he is humbled. He's in awe from yeah from the way that he positions himself in relation to the cosmos with. 
with Tyson, you kind of get the you kind of get the opposite. You get you get the idea that he does he's not very humble at all. Um, and maybe it's just a matter of uh, clumsy phrasing. Like maybe some of us I just think need it's like public communication. I mean, look, yeah. I think it's his temperament, and yeah. I, I'm I'm actually thinking like, is that a kind of temperament that translates? more to pop culture. I don't know about that because there's a lot of people who are enthusiastic, but with humility, like Anthony Bourdain or somebody, I think managed well, to thread yeah. that needle. So I don't Anthony think you can say you have, to, you have to be in, extremely right. arrogant, but in but, a good way. But, but in know. a way, but not like, not like, let me tell you how it is kind of way. He was showing you. He's like, I'm going to show you how this is. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, talk yeah. to this person and show but, you. And I, I don't, I just think t- Tyson is like, it's it's a personality thing, and some people respond to it, and some people don't. I just happen to not. Yeah, I just I don't like that he's groomed into the uh, Carl Sagan role. Like that, this he's the new Carl Sagan. It kind of offends me. Yeah, um, I I think he's he he strikes me as a lightweight, and uh, I say that as somebody who knows nothing about uh, his fields of study. So yeah, I, I take I, that with a grain of salt. But, look, you don't need to be a heavyweight to not say what he's saying, though. I I mean, yeah, I, I you just don't need to be so. I can't excuse. I can't excuse it. I can't find an excuse well, for it. Also, even like, if you're right, it's an, are we geniuses? You know, no, we we can be. We can be. Here we are, idiots. <laughs> I get dumber every day. Idiots, right about podcast. everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like, well, I mean, also, wonder how you feel about this because the the gender thing. Part of the reason it's so fascinating is it's a tapestry. There are so many things going on at once. Yeah. There's medicine, there's psychology, mm-hmm. there's pop culture, there's like, you know, autism stuff, there's social media, there's social contagion. It's like it's a billion things. Yeah. And so if you're going to even begin to absorb it enough to talk about it accurately, you have to kind of have a hand in all those things. Like, I'm not sure that somebody who ne- talks about astrophysics all the time is, is he I, even in a position to, so to get can, this? What he can do, and what I think is a fair thing for anyone to do, is to pull apart that one strand that they understand and reason there. You know, I don't think that you need a, if I'm a biologist, I don't need to understand social contagion like i don't need to but understand at least you're a biologist you're not yeah, talking and about I can the have, planets right <laughs> right well i can so richard dawkins speaks from his perspective as a as an evolutionary biologist about a very related to, about sex and gender from that perspective and he speaks accurately because that's something he knows how to do i feel like there's a basic logic that anyone can sort of parse through and we see in this interview Ben Shapiro parsing through, you know, Ben, ben Shapiro, Shapiro was excellent in this interview. I have to say, yeah, I don't no, watch him oh ever. Gosh. And I was yeah, really I know, impressed. I know. I was, <laughs> I was like, he was good. Oh. And he didn't, <laughs> and he didn't, he wasn't rude or anything. You know, I expected no, him to just I mean, like, at least like, in this clip, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I would, there, there's I more. Uh, yeah. I, it's, I just, it's so frustrating because the people that we have to make understand about this issue are the people on the left. It's not the people watching Ben Shapiro. Yeah. It's not the people watching Megyn Kelly. I mean, you know, there was an interesting Helen Joyce was on Megyn Kelly uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, Helen Joyce, the author of, of Trans, which is this like excellent, extremely rigorous, comprehensive book about about this ideology. And Megyn Kelly, uh, who had discovered, she sa- she said something like, oh, my gosh, you were booked on the show. And I delayed you for a few days because when I actually sat down to read the book, I was so blown away. It's so amazing. And Megyn Kelly says, I'm more excited to interview you. You are my hero. I'm more excited to interview you than I would be to interview Jennifer Aniston. Oh, like, wow. I'm just she's just fangirling all over Helen Joyce. And Helen Joyce is saying, oh, well, Megan, right back at you, right back at you. I'm such a fan and I'm happy to be here. And look, I, I have what are you supposed to Helen say? Joyce. What are you I supposed have, to look, say, though? I like Come on. Meg, I actually like Megan okay, Kelly. Okay, if Megan Kelly said I, that to you, what would you say? You would say, right back at your girl. Here's like, the that's problem. what you would say. I'm not, here's, here's the problem. That Helen Joyce is excellent on this topic. She was excellent on the interview. I watched the whole thing. It was great. I'm really not throwing shade on either of them. I like Megyn Kelly. I profiled her for Vogue. I actually met her in person. I spent time with her. I like her personally very much. Um, 
this is not going to help anything. Mm. I feel like if Helen Joyce had just said, um, I'm so glad to hear that, Megan, I can't wait to have this conversation. It might've just helped slightly because all this is doing now is like my book club lady friends who don't understand this topic at all. Next time I say, Hey, why don't you read this Helen Joyce book? There's a chance that they're going to say, Oh, is she the one that was fawning all over Megan Kelly? Well, that's no, thanks. It's terrible, but here's where we are. It, I walked, I did this for all of my life up until, you know, now until walking away from activism, which is how do you walk the line between getting the word out about a cause you care about and not putting yourself in a position where the people who need to hear your message will hear it, will be, will be apt to hear it, to actually listen and won't dismiss you right away. And to be honest, I don't know what the answer is, and I don't know if there is an answer. Um, I did my best. I didn't give interviews to Fox. I didn't go on Fox News. You know, mm-hmm. I could have. I could have done. I could have done all of it. I could have done the whole like conservative circuit, and I was very careful to to limit myself as much as possible, unless I you know knew the reporter. I would not even even like agree to an interview. Because I was thinking in my head, if I get co-opted, you know, that word co-opted by the, by the right, then my mess, they will distort my message. And not only will it be that the left doesn't listen to me anymore, but it would, it will also be the case that the message becomes one that I no longer agree with, or the, the political consequences of the message will become such that I I wouldn't want I I wouldn't want that consequence myself. So it's better not to not to say anything there at all. But that was my calculus. But the position that I was in was either you talk to this conservative person or you talk to no one. Because I get it. I get it. We're not catching the book club ladies. Right. Right. But this. But maybe we we have to get. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I think maybe we I think maybe we won't because I don't think I ever got I think I did all the right things. And it's notable that I that I feel that if I had been less careful, I would have been my message would have gotten out much, much, much farther. Not just that obviously personally would have benefited me, not that I wanted that, but but I think the message would have spread a lot, a lot farther than it actually did. And even in a good way, even in a way that I might have agreed with. I, you know, I think when you put people in a position where either they have no, no stage or they're on the wrong stage, we can't complain when they choose the wrong stage. No, I know. You I know, don't want to be that. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the media rounds police, but, but the truth, I, I just don't know how else to proceed. The no, truth I, is, I just don't know how else to proceed. I don't know how else to do it. And, and in this case, in this case, it's very clear to me. So in, in the Islam case, it was a little different in this, in that I was trying to make change within the Muslim community. So the Muslim community was not my enemy, even though, the, you know, that was the same community that was persecuting ex-Muslim. They're still not my enemy. They're my family and friends. So the decision to not, you know, to not go on Fox News was, I think, a far more wise one in that context. In this case, there are children who are, going to have their their bodies and lives destroyed you know there are a lot of vulnerable people who are about to be hurt who are being hurt at this very moment they are being hurt in an irreparable way um we are as a society figuring out how much stake to put into a social construction gender and whether we will allow it to overtake the 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 force that reality poses and if we walk down this path uh there are a lot of horrors coming up that have nothing to do with gender but once you say say reality doesn't matter how i how i perceive reality to be matters that's what matters more than what's actually true we're headed in a really dangerous uh you know in a really dangerous direction so in this case i think that get the word out (laughs) get the word out um and mobilize people however you can i am done trying to chase liberals and trying to tell them 
it doesn't matter if a bad guy agrees with this. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. I shouldn't have to say this. I think, if I have to yeah. say this, then they're not good people. You know, they're not actually, I don't even know how emotionally connected I feel with the left, the progressive left at all anymore, because I think the more you have to convince people, look, guilt by association is nonsense. Let's, let's figure out what's true. Let's figure out what's right. It, it doesn't matter if a bad guy holds that view. The more you have to tell people this, the more they lose that, you know, in, in my eyes, the more, uh, they feel as if they're operating on a moral plane that, well, it, it may, might, may not even be a moral plane, that they're actually operating in a, in a plane that has nothing to do with morality. And I don't know if I agree with that. And I don't know if I want to be on the same side as those people. I think it's going to be up to the quote unquote gay community to rise mm. to the occasion and take mm. this up. And I think we're starting to see it. And mm. I think that is what will probably move the needle for much of the progressive left uh, because they will listen to gay people. Yeah, there was a really interesting conversation on a recent episode of Louise Perry's podcast with an Indian filmmaker um, named, uh, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Vaishnavi Sundar, who had uh, made a number of films. She's interested in feminism. That's been kind of her area. She has a film called Dysphoric that has to do with why women are choosing a trans identity in, in places like India. And um, it's really fascinating. And they, they talked about how uh, if you're, for instance, a very effeminate man, um, even though it's not technically against the law to be gay in India, the fact is that most of the most of the country's very poor rural communities um and if you are perceived as effeminate it's easier to kind of transition into um this hijra role for instance which maybe you can talk a little bit about yeah, if you know yeah. about so the, the i this is the, the hijra um who exist in um they're, they're i guess the phrase is third gender except it's not even accurate to put it in any kind of gender terms yeah. in, in, in a way that would map onto what the West conceives because uh, it, nobody in South Asia thinks that the, that, um, hijras are women. Nobody right. thinks that. This is like the fafafine. Yeah. Also, yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't that in Samoa? Yeah. No, no, yeah. nobody thinks that they are biologically female or that they are in any way true females. Like they are kind of set apart from normal society which is binary so they they here people who don't fit into this binary they're kind of cast as this like other you go over there in your own separate space um away from us it's not this like acceptance of a spectrum of human behavior it's a way of um really incorporating feminine men and homosexual men into society in a way that is not catastrophic in, in a way that's not yeah. you know murdering them brutally like it, it and it's not or great getting either. their family or punishing their right. family i mean yeah, families right. can be killed for having family it, members like it's this. a way it's a way for them to scrape a living to have to have there's a there's a kind of a we agree upon this status and and you can have it and stay like stay away from us and uh uh will keep the peace as it. So it's, it's a way of incorporating homosexuality, particularly of gay males into society in a way that is not like Iran terrible. Um, yeah. uh, although they have an, an, an interesting solution as, as well. Um, but it's, Iran it's, is the most trans friendly. Right. Country exactly. In the world, don't they, you know? That's what, that's what we're going to start to have do. medical tourism, uh, right. gender medicine, tourism to Iran. Right. Actually, right. Yeah. I, and, don't, and, don't joke. We can see this in society's, all over the world, right? Like, there are there are, okay. There are two. There are two reproductive roles. We all understand that there are two reproductive roles. We uh, in, in most societies there is um, a, a kind of a social uh, set of expectations and behaviors that are that are attached to each sex, and they're not arbitrary. I have to say this because one of my frustrations with the feminist conversation here is to say that they are totally arbitrary because that they, because they are socially assigned. They're not totally arbitrary. They're related to our biological roles in a way that society has deemed, uh, uh ha has deemed, um, optimum. Uh, 
for its, you know, for, for reproduction, for bringing up children, for, you know, safety, for, 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 um, keeping the peace. There are a lot of reasons that we develop the social norms that we do. Um, and, and they're not arbitrary just because, just because they're there. Um, and it's, it's the case that you can see throughout the history of the world, you know, you can see throughout the history of, of humanity, um, various civilizations attempting to deal with yeah. the fact that the rea- in reality, the people on, se- of, of either sex may or may not totally align with you know uh what what the gender yeah, dis- gen- general disposition is of that sex and so they deal with it in different ways and this is how india is dealing with it it's not actually optimum it has nothing to do with trans people really um because they're not claiming that they're women and they're no not and actually she had women. she had some interesting things to say about women yeah so she was also talking about how if you're lesbian uh there there is no sort of um he draw category for women right so mm-hmm. if if you're a lesbian and you're looking at being married off and a life of doing nothing but bearing children transitioning is going to be hugely appealing mm-hmm. and so we are seeing that i mean it is yeah. it, it it's so interesting too the way i feel like up until very recently the line about this entire movement and conversation was oh this is only happening to white affluent people in the west and you know people with too much time on their hands and they're looking at social media and this is coming out of tumblr and etc cetera, etc cetera. but this is spreading out all over the world um it tends to happen with and with I would western be culture is imperialist right. but i wonder yeah I, like it, are these girls in india in a rural village like looking at tumblr it's, it's where not, are they getting that's this? not how i mean they spread ideas spread in in strange and interesting ways and all that it, it you know there's a certain kind of context that that an idea needs in order to just spread like wildfire in a specific community and there's a reason that in iran suddenly transgenderism is super accepted you know like <laughs> there's there's a reason that that happened and that's because in that specific environment because there's so such extreme intolerance towards yeah. homosexuality that this was in fact you know to say that actually you're just the wrong like something happened to you biologically and that's why you're a woman that's behaving that's trying to kiss other women and uh we need to handle this uh as a medical problem in in that society that t- that idea just you know i mean the ayatollah believed it that's what happened the ayatollah believed it and and then it, it, it he sanctioned it everywhere and now this is the way that they are tackling homosexuality in that in that country so it's it's gonna spread in some places really quickly less so in others it is what's interesting about it is that we're going to see more and more of these kinds of discussions come up as we become better able to modify our bodies in in very extreme ways as we are you know able to to truly change our own development you know and and so we're sort of entering this transhumanism uh space i think we're going to have uh, you know and I, and as that becomes cheap as that becomes mm-hmm. affordable to the average person um in a- anywhere in the world in a small town somewhere where the pressures to be a certain way if you're a woman or be a certain way if you're a man are extremely strong. Once hormones become available to you and you have this idea that there is another legal status that could be, that could provide you with more freedom, perhaps you take it. Um, You know, it might even make money. Who's selling the hormones? It it might spread much faster in some of these more traditional parts of the world. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think maybe I should like do a little exercise where I try to spend an entire day thinking that I'm on the wrong side of this gender thing. Like I'm going to make myself spend the entire day in the mind of somebody who sees this as the future. As okay. this, this is inevitable. Pro- I'm not saying it's today. Not today. Mm-hmm. I could, mm-hmm. I could start anytime. I could do this anytime. You should not do today, it. Not tomorrow. You should do it. And then you should, you should report back what you've found. Okay. You know? Yeah. A day of cognitive uh, dissonance. Yeah. It's like a whole hol- day national, of- national holiday. I think we should have a national holiday of cognitive dissonance where everyone just takes the day off from work and 
you know, tries to convince so it's, themselves it's, it's, of something it's other than what they actually um, think and feel. I did debate back in school and one of the, like for a very short period of time, but it was, it was an incredible experience. Um, I was good at it and I enjoyed it. And uh, I felt that even a minimal kind of introduction to debate might be the thing that we could do that we could introduce in schools that would have a true value that lasts well beyond, uh, you know, young yeah, adults. Yeah, just steel manning. Well, because yes. when we're talking about things like, you know, okay, what are the what, what are the things you learn in social studies, sixth grade social studies class? You know, you learn about the Native Americans and where they lived and what their names were and no, he's a Delaware Sarah, tribe or whatever. How much of we this do learn, you remember? We don't, don't you remember what Sarah Rao said? We don't learn anything right. about the Native Americans. I learned, okay, uh, well, she, uh, did, she didn't, but I, I actually had teachers who were well, like, they were well-versed in CRT and, and, and uh, in, informed yeah. me in all the proper ways. But, I mean, I remember I remember learning all these very interesting things in school, and there's a debate as to which um, the extent to what we learn in school remains in our in our you know in, within within our our working memory um, when we are adults, and how long does it stay there? And it's interesting to me that we don't really think about these questions when we talk about the value of education. There's just this idea that well, of of course. It's super valuable and important. Well, if it is, then if I, if I gave you, Megan, a test, sixth grade science, sixth grade social studies, sixth grade math, how well do you, would you fit? Would you, would you think that you would fare? You would ace in sixth grade uh, English. Yes. All I could think, uh, my sixth grade social studies teacher had Nazi uniforms on display no as way. part of our lesson. No yeah. Way. He was, he was, I think he was a World War II vet or Whoa. maybe maybe korean war no okay, i think he, he might have been a Co- korean war vet no okay. and so he um and he was like really into the study of war he was really into military history so i remember he he has a collection of military uniforms from the various wars and different sides including nazi uniforms and he would bring them in and put them on display as part of our lesson and they, i remember them being there for like most of a semester okay so you would remember i do remember that but when it comes to the actual tests of knowledge and information how how well do you think you would be able to do i think i aced the nazi test it's it's a lesson worth learning just it's it's a lesson worth um taking with you and i think it does go with you even if you don't remember the specific topics that you debated you remember after taking you know a few after going through it a few times what it feels like to walk in the shoes of like, imagine yourself as somebody, you know, cause you have to, when you're, when you're doing debate, you have to yeah. prepare for the affirmative case and the negative case. You have to fully right. be prepared to take on either because it's a toss of the coin as to what you'll have to defend in a turn in the scenario of a tournament. So you have to be equally prepared with both sides. And it's a real, it's a real mind fuck, you know, like to be able to do that well. It's, 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 it's a whoa, like, oh my God, like the first couple of times you do it and then you become good at it. And I think it teaches you some really important lessons about how to approach, you know, complex issues and how to separate your, you know, emotions out of it. And speaking of Yes. Debates. Um, I'm going to be uh, back at it um, in uh, on a this big is an incredible in, event in this LA. Is, this is an incredible event. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I don't know either. I don't know what you've gotten yourself into. I don't. I. I'm going to. I'm going to make make a fool of myself in no. front of so many people. No. It's a huge theater. It's gorgeous. I looked at pictures of this theater. It's this. What's it, it at the Ace the, it's Hotel? At the, it's at the it's at the Ace Hotel in downtown Los Angeles on September thirteenth. We should say. Uh, what else I'm going to be debating to with uh, the sexual revolution, whether yeah, it has so- failed or not. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to be defending it. I'm going to be defending the section. Yeah, I, be I saying don't know how you, you ended up on the wrong side. Speaking it's, of which, yeah. Uh, so it, it, I, my my opponent <laughs> is going to be Louise Perry, who comes up on this podcast. Well, you've got line, two and I opponents. really like her. You've right? got two. There's two. These are teams. So you and I mean this obviously Grimes is obviously your debate partner. The, I mean that's the, a no brainer. Uh, you and Grimes. I mean, right. together again. That's exactly what you would. Imagine you would imagine the two of us together um, 
I think it's going to be great. I, I'm you are on the, you are on the con side. About. Okay, so was, was the sexual revolution a failure? Is that the resolved? What is the... Uh, I right, can't remember the right. exact writing. Okay, it's, so it's, and you you are arguing that it was not a failure. Right. I'm the I'm the negative case. Like, I'm on the... the yeah. Because the resolution is that it has failed... Um, so, or something like that. So, so, so Louise Perry and Anna, um, Anna Kotchin crazy from last Scare. name, right. Yeah. Anna from Red Scare, um, is, and if you listen to the two, there's Dasha and there's Anna and Dasha's the actress and Anna's, uh, tends to be, you know, more, more, uh, well-read. She's but, a power. Yeah, actually, See, actually, I like Dasha be, too. Yeah. This is going to be, I can't wait. Yeah, uh, this is. We should say this is being put on by the Free Press. Barry Weiss is going to be the moderator. Yeah, and um, this is a real debate. This isn't just like a conversation. This is no, a real it's a debate, debate right? We're With gonna like have timed like, uh, statements, right? Yes. Yeah, and back and forth and rebuttals, and then uh, I think there's going to be some. Uh, the audience will be able to participate. Like, will we be able to ask us questions? Oh, good. So I'm going to be in the audience. I'm going to be in the audience. So I'm going to. You better be. I, I am no, I'm you. planting you as my, my. You're my plant, and you have to be in there and say and ask me a question that is calculated to make me seem brilliant. That's okay. the way we have we'll to play this. So I should be like, uh, how do I use a Google Doc? Okay. Because I know work. Sarah knows the answer oh to this gosh. question. All right. Well. I'd be like, uh, how do I, uh, why do you have to use this management tool again? Oh my God. I have Megan. a question. This is more a comment than a question. Uh, um, n- yeah. I think your way of doing things makes no sense. Why can't you use email yeah. like a normal person? Yeah. That's what anyway. I'm you guys should come because it will be fun regardless of what actually happens. <laughs> I actually think I have a a good case. Um although I do feel that the the winds are against me. You know what I mean? Like the 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 tide yeah. is is such that people are just sick of all this right choice you, you're you know, making yes the it. other and side is the <laughs> obvious side I, but you, uh, you this you got the more counterintuitive i, I actually here. like i have both what has been the status quo for a very long time but also the thing that is unpopular in i think in the minds of of many people because the winds are shifting so um i i, I think i have a t- uh, a tougher case but i think i can make it and um yeah i think uh, we'll see We'll see. I don't know how we're going to all work together on, on stage. That's for sure. Um, I'm worried the red scare person is going to be mean to me. Um, why? We love, I feel, you love I red think, scare. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she's going to love me. And also, I, I don't know how much I, I listen to red scare a lot. Um, I do, I do, I do enjoy them. I, I enjoy them. I don't agree with them. Um, okay, well. much of the time. And, and sometimes they say dumb, dumb things, but, um, I, 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 I listen to, to the podcast, but I think that they're also, they're also the kinds of, the, they're the kind of girls I would avoid in high school. You know what I mean? Because I could just instinctively feel like they're going to, they're going to see me as like too, too sincere. And it's going to be a, yeah. it's going to be They're a problem, like everybody so. I went to college with. Oh, those no. Those girls. Everybody. Oh, everybody. You went to a terrible college. Why uh, did yes, you go I there? did. Yes, I did. That okay, is correct. Well, um, uh, okay, well, that's exciting. And, uh, if that's not enough for you, uh, people, uh, September 30th in Denver, we are having that- an unspeakeasy one day retreat. Okay. Are we done promoting your thing? Can we promote yeah, yeah, my yeah, thing yeah, for yeah, one yeah, second? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. One second. Uh, for one okay. second. This is- uh, the unspeakeasy one day retreat in Denver, Saturday, September 30th. And we're going to have a co-ed evening event right after that with comedy and tickets are available for that. Co-ed. For everybody. Woo. You don't have to be a woman to get go to your, that. So theunspeakeasy.com, Denver, September 30th. So come to LA, come to the debate for the third, on the 13th, hang out, make a quick hop, hop to Denver on the 30th. Just All make right. A, make a month of it. All right. All right. Well, I think we've actually covered a lot. We have. And uh, what are we doing on in the bonus? We're talking about... Uh, we're going to educate everybody. Yeah, including ourselves. We're talking about narco-feminism. Yeah, that's going to be good. 
as opposed to anarcho-feminism, which is a totally different thing. Yeah, yeah. Anarcho, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so if you want to hear the bonus, what do they do? They subscribe. You have to to subscribe at a specialplace.substack.com. That's where we're accepting uh, uh, subscriptions at the moment. We'll have other options later. Um, But if you want access to the feed, uh, to the subscribers only feed and the subscribers only video, that's how you you get to it. So, and yeah, and you can continue to ask us questions for our advice uh, segment. Yeah, we just did our advice segment and it was super fun. Yeah. And we haven't released it yet. So I'm, I'm I'm waiting to to hear how much okay. everybody. Well, by the time you guys hear this, hate we'll it have, or, or, yes, or love the it, uh, but. the subscribers got a special uh, a special treat with yeah. uh, Penelope Trunk, our returning guest, answering their advice questions. So yeah. that's another kind of thing you can get if you subscribe. But we we are going to continue to take your questions and and uh, address them in the main episode as well. So, all right. Well, thanks everybody. Okay. See Thanks, next time. everyone. See ya.